my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about the decentralized revolution. Of course, each and every week talking about the way the world is changing, breaking apart from a unipolar world and going to a multipolar world, a world of globalism and globalization to a world of decentralization. And of course, we can see that happening right before our very eyes. And we look at it through the lens of politics finance and technology. Of course, that technology is Bitcoin that's disrupting and changing the world. And we want to look at it through the lens of those three things so that you can bring these things into context to understand what is going on. Now, you know, I like to bring to you some big discussion, some, some education so it can change the way you think, some of the latest breaking news so you can keep up with what is going on in the world. That way, you know, when you go to the cocktail party this weekend, you look like you're pretty smart. And then, of course, some interesting guests. So you don't have to hear me talk all the time. But, you know, I want to go through some of the biggest headlines of the week that really show what is going on. So we're going to talk about another big Bitcoin company that went down. And uh, is your Bitcoin at risk? We're going to talk about what happened with the Pentagon budget and the Russia-Ukraine war. We're going to talk about the Fed pausing rates, what's happening with the economy recession, and we're going to talk about the political fight that's happening right now as it relates to censorship, your freedom, and so much more. But just digging in back to, you know, a big company, big Bitcoin company going down, and this company is Prime Trust. Now, a lot of you probably haven't heard of Prime Trust, and that's okay. Um, it's because it's not really a retail-facing company. It's not one that you would typically interact with. But that doesn't mean that you're safe. They are a big company that's behind a lot of the big players. So a lot of these smaller retail-facing companies that you might um, see and understand um, 
use Prime Trust on their back end to facilitate their Bitcoin transactions and also to custody it, to hold it. Now, you know, I pound the table all the time on do not leave your Bitcoin on exchanges. The one of the big revolutionary aspects of Bitcoin is that for the first time in history, we can take custody of our own assets and we can hold them in a way that can't be taken from us because it's of because of cryptography. And so that's one of the big features. So you should take advantage of that. A lot of people still come into it thinking it's like a bank account, and I'll just leave it with a bank account. But it's not. <laughs> and unfortunately, people are having to continue to learn the hard way over and over and over and I feel bad for them. So don't leave it on exchanges. But if you had it on exchanges, then unfortunately, could be a problem. Now, there's a company called Bitco that moved in to try to buy Prime Trust out. Unfortunately, the deal fell through. And uh, there's rumors going around that that uh, Prime Trust may not have the liquidity to get everybody's money back. Now, the story is getting pretty ugly. We can see Nevada's financial institutions issued a cease and desist order to Prime Trust, halting basically their business. Um, and they're hoping to kind of shut things down um, in order to hopefully get people money back. Unfortunately, we don't know how this is going to shake out yet. I'm not going to make any guesses and assumptions. Uh, if I had to make a guess and assumption, I think it's probably going to turn out better than what happened with you know some of the other ones that went down, like Celsius, for example. Um, but don't leave your money on exchanges. Now we see another one, Crypto.com. I don't know. Maybe there's you know where there's smoke, there's fire, sort of a thing, or maybe it's because of the regulations. But they are now shutting down their U.S. institutional exchange. Um, they, they say there's a lack of demand, uh, which, you know, could be the case. Um, it could also be because the U.S. regulatory um, agencies are coming so hard after everybody. They just want to get out and get away from all that. Um, we don't know. But again, if you don't leave your money on exchanges, you're not at risk. Okay. So I'm just going to continue to say that over and over and over. Now, what do you do with it? Well, there's a couple ways that you can do it. Uh, and what I would recommend is you put it into what's called cold storage. You could buy yourself something called a hardware wallet. Uh, and those would be like uh, Trezor, T-E-T-R-E-Z-O-R. Uh, could be like Ledger, could be a uh, cold card. And you'd buy yourself one of these and then go to their website and use their help help section to figure out how to set up. It's pretty easy. It looks like a little little USB stick. Um, you plug it into your computer. It stores your private keys. I'm not going to go super deep into that. I'm sure most of you guys listening to this already know this, but buy a hardware wallet, store that, back it up. You're going to get 12 words. That's your seed phrase. You want to write that down on paper. You do not put that into a computer. Don't put it into Google Docs or Evernote or anything like that. Put it onto paper and put it somewhere safe in a safe, like a fireproof safe, put it in a bank's deposit box, give it to your attorney, give it to your parents, put it somewhere uh, that it's safe. Um, you could take those 12 words and turn it into a collage on your wall where every third picture represents the word, something like that. Figure out a way to keep that safe. It's like in the old days, if you buried gold out in the desert, you'd make a treasure map to where the gold was. You don't want to lose that treasure map. You don't want the treasure map to be stolen. You don't want it to be burned up. You want to protect that treasure map. Think of it like that. All right. If you want me to do a show breaking that down or bring some specialists on, hit me up on social media. Let me know. You can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter. I'm pretty active on both at one Mark Moss. And uh, let me know. Say, hey, you know, I, I listened to your show. I'd love it if you'd bring a guest on or go in deep on um, security storage and, and we'll do that. Also, I have an ask. I have a favor. 
hopefully I've earned earned the ask of a favor. Hopefully I've given you enough value. And that ask is, would you just please, would you please, on your favorite podcast player, wherever you're listening to this, or go to iTunes and do it for me, would you please leave me a review on the podcast? Leave a rating. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it's a good review. Um, give me some stars. T- tell me you like it. Leave a comment. I'd really, really appreciate that. That way more people find this show. All right, now back to some big news. BlackRock has officially entered the space for a spot Bitcoin trust. Now, um, I'm not a fan of BlackRock. I talk about them all the time. They're the evil empire, in my opinion. Um, And I'm not super happy to get them involved in the Bitcoin space. That being said, if they open up a spot Bitcoin ETF, meaning they would actually buy the physical Bitcoin, then that could be positive. Um, At least for now, it could lead to unintended consequences down the road, but it could put a massive supply demand imbalance onto the Bitcoin price and push the price up, which of course we've already seen. Bitcoin jumped from about 25,000 to 30,000 on the news. So that could be really good. Uh, We'll see if that opens up. Now, the SEC has shot down every single Bitcoin ETF application for a spot Bitcoin ETF. Um, However, BlackRock isn't just anybody. BlackRock is basically the financial arm of the government, if I'll go that far, uh, working on behalf of the Fed uh, many times, um, and the FDIC for that matter. And so there are also, I think, 575 approved to one denied, 575 to one, pretty good odds, pretty good record. And so um, there's a good chance we'll see that in. And the bigger piece of information comes from a combination of players, Citadel, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity, some of the largest money asset managers in the world, have gotten together and created an exchange called EDX Markets. And it's backed by Fidelity Digital Assets and Charles Schwab. And they launched this uh, U.S. exchange that allows people to exchange um, crypto assets, digital assets. Um, Right now, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. It's a pretty big deal because these are the biggest players in the space. These aren't just like some little no-name companies that are um, setting up overseas, like in uh, you know China or something like that. These are the largest financial companies in the United States setting this up. Now, right now it's geared just towards international investors, um, not just not not retail. And then we saw Deutsche Bank, which has around $1.4 trillion in assets. They said that they're now seeking permission from German regulators to operate a digital asset custody service, which would allow it to hold cryptocurrencies as well. So we're starting to see, like on one hand, we're seeing the heavy hand of the of the SEC, the regulations come down on crypto and basically shut it down. And a lot of people are going, I, I knew it. I told you the governments are going to make it illegal. They're going to shut it down. But at the same time, we're seeing some of the biggest players in the financial space moving into it. So what's happening? Well, in my opinion, they're clearing the deck. <laughs> they're pushing the price down to allow all these people to come in. They're getting rid of the competition, if you will. And that's that's the big problem with government. That's the big problem with these regulations. Regulations only build moats for the incumbents. So the big financial institutions, the BlackRocks, the Fidelities, the Charles Schwabs, they'll use the heavy hand of the government to get rid of the competition, to bring the prices down to allow them a good entry. So in my opinion, this doesn't, this doesn't add fuel to the fire that the government's going to make it illegal. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. This means that the government is not going to make it illegal. If you just tune in and listening to The Mark Moss Show talking about the decentralized revolution, I'm going to take a quick break. and will be right back with more, so don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello and welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're always talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is breaking apart right before our very eyes as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And I'm running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week so you can see exactly what's been going on with the play-by-play. Now, you know, I like to look at the three, the convergence of politics, finance, and technology to get this context Um and man, <laughs> there is so much going on. You know, looking at the world breaking apart, part of this, uh, you know, this move towards globalism, which is this one world government, that's centralization, decentralization, which is the revolution we're going in, which is the world breaking apart. And of course, there's really no better way to see this happening right now than really with the war in Russia and Ukraine. It's literally a war against globalism. Uh, Russia is standing alone from the globalists, which are the Euro Davos, ECB, you know, World Economic Forum group, and really Russia and China, right? And you have Russia and China, which are kind of enemy of my enemies, my friend kind of working together. At the same time, they don't love each other and they, they won't get together. And really, we're seeing this unipolar world being split into three, into a, into a tripolar world, and maybe even more than that. But, you know, this Russia-Ukraine situation is very interesting for a lot of reasons, And one of them is, surprise, 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 again, the Pentagon is missing money. This time, uh, they lost $6.2 billion for Ukraine military aid. Now, in uh, the late 1800s, there was a book written by uh, 
Bastiat, Frederick Bastiat, written, it's called The Law. Now, it's, it's like a small booklet, uh, as some of the best books are. It's like a small booklet, sort of like uh, Rothbard's Anatomy of the State, and of course, yes, my book, uh, The Uncommunist Manifesto. It's just a booklet. If, if you can't get your ideas across uh, in, in a concise manner like that, then maybe you don't know them that well. But in that book, The Law, he calls, he, he calls it, um, comes up with a term called legal plunder which is basically governments create a way to legally plunder you, take money from you. And that's basically what war is. Julian Assange, before he was you know, locked up for life without any due process, he talked about the Afghanistan war and talking about how basically it's a way for them to take money from the taxpayers' pockets and put it into their pockets. You know, in Afghanistan, over two, I'm sorry, over $20 trillion was spent. Where did it go? Like, who got that money? I mean, they gave it to somebody. Well, they gave it to themselves. They gave it to the contractors, right? And here we have this Ukraine situation, which appears to be just another way to funnel lots of money into their pockets. Uh, $200 million so far. I'm sorry, $200 billion so far. $6.2 million just happened to go missing. Now, it reminds me of when Donald Rumsfeld, who was previous head of the, um, the Pentagon, um, on September 10th of 2001, the day before the uh, World Trade Center was, was uh, hit by planes, on September 10th, the day before, he said that the Defense Department couldn't account for $2.3 trillion. They just, they just lost it. They just lost $2.3 trillion. It's just gone. And it's happened over and over and over again. It's not the first time. It happens over and over again. As a matter of fact, we saw in November of 2022... Uh, I'm sorry, no, yeah, November 2022, again, the Pentagon admitted again that it lost another $2 trillion. Just lost $2 trillion. And then we saw this article here that uh, is written, it says the Pentagon's $35 trillion accounting black hole. $35 trillion has gone in, and we just don't know where it is. Now, what's interesting about all of this, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I want to draw all these lines, but what's interesting is at the same time when the Pentagon lost all this money, there was an attempted coup happening in Russia. Now, we know that the CIA is, you know, actively overthrowing governments everywhere they go. Um, and of course, they've been very vocal about trying to get rid of Putin and overthrow Putin. Um, and it just so happens that a few, well, $6 billion goes missing, and then all of a sudden a coup happens. I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. And even more interesting is as all that is happening, um, you know, we have all this distraction that comes out like, uh, you know, a submarine. Hey, everyone, look over here at the submarine. I was traveling, I was over in Europe, and my wife keeps talking about the submarine. I'm like, I don't care about the Like, who cares about a submarine? Like, I, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. And then I had to stop and think about it. I'm like, <clears throat> and I asked her, why are you talking about the submarine? She's like, well, it's on the news. I'm like, yeah, but why? You see, you only think about, you only talk about what they want you to think and talk about. Oh, Mark, I, I, I see clearly. I'm thinking on my own. No, you're thinking about what they want you to think about. Why is it that this story of the submarine is out there when all these other stories aren't out there? Now, you have to think about that. I don't want to get into the whole uh, – I'm not going to dig deep into the whole what happened in Russia with this uh, attempted coup. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of theories that are going on out there, um, and we don't know. We won't know the truth, and we'll never know the truth. Um, some of the theories that are being floated is that, you know, 
uh, potentially, you know, the Pentagon tried to stage a coup. Um, other theories are that uh, people are just tired of um, Putin and want to get rid of him. Uh, other theories are that uh, it was actually all staged in order to get more nationalism for Putin. Um, and I don't know the answer. And and frankly, I'm not going to dig into that because I don't, I don't really care. Uh, but it's just interesting how all of this is is coming together at the same time. We can see across other parts of Europe, we can see um, a few big things that are happening, one of which back to this kind of anti-innovation, anti-technology um, that in, um, in Europe, these lawmakers are now approving what's called the EU European AI Act, which would ban or limit certain AI applications, including predictive policing, social scoring, or anything that could influence elections. Pretty interesting. Um, one thing I noticed, I was just traveling through Europe for a couple of weeks. Um, it is very restrictive over there. You basically can't open up any website with like having to sign all kinds of disclosures and clear all kinds of cookies and give all types of consent. It's kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, I mean, you're constantly having to click things and approve things and ban things. It was very difficult. Um, the EU is very heavy handed in that way, at least from my experience. Um, and so here they want to ban or limit AI applications, which... I get it. You know, again, I try to lead more towards um, people operating from a, a, a good place. Um, like they're trying to really do the right thing by protecting people. But unfortunately, I keep going back to the point that regulations are typically used to protect the incumbents. And so when I see, you know, the, the Sam Altman's of the world going before um, lawmakers and saying, we need to ban this, we need to put regulations around this, what they're really saying is, we should be the only company that has these tools, and you should basically stop everybody else from having them, because they don't know what they're doing, and it's dangerous. And if it falls into the wrong hands, it could be really, really bad for all of humankind. So uh, because of that, you should allow us to be the only people that have it. And that seems to be what typically is happening and seems to be what's sort of happening here. Um, you know, OpenAI is lobbying the EU to water down the AI regulations because they said it's a little bit too strict. If you just water it down a little bit, we'll comply. And then, of course, just keep everybody else out. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, and we're seeing it. We're seeing all these nations starting to work in their own best interest, which I think is a good thing. It allows for game theory to play out. It allows for competition. Um, I got a lot more to cover. I want to come back. I want to talk about what's happening in the economy, what the Fed's doing, what you can expect from interest rates, what you can expect from the economy, and so much more. I'll cover all that more in a minute. Don't go away. I'm going to be right back after a quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking, of course, each and every week about the decentralized revolution. We're running through the latest breaking news headlines right now so you know what the heck is happening as you see it play by play. Sometimes, you know, people ask me all the time, like, Mark, you keep saying that, you know, the, the pendulum is going to swing back and, uh, and we're moving from, from centralization to decentralization. But it looks like, to me, we're still moving more towards centralization. I'm like, well, look, like you're zoomed in. Like this happens over like a, a 250 year arc. So like it happens very slowly. So you have to understand the signposts as I like to call them. If I gave you directions to my house, uh, but I didn't tell you how long it was gonna take you. I just said, hey, at, at this sign, make a right. At the end of this fence, make a left. When you see this, go right, kind of a thing like that. You don't know if it's gonna take you 30 minutes or 30 hours. But you know you're getting closer when you see the signposts and you're getting down towards the end of those directions. And so that's kind of where we're at. When you're looking at the world from a zoomed-in standpoint, it's like, what do you mean it's going decentralized? It looks like it's getting more centralized. Well, we're, that's why we need to understand the signposts that are there. Because what we're trying to figure out as humans, as investors, as fathers, as husbands, as wives, as, as anybody trying to control our future, we need to understand where the world is going. And most importantly, we need to understand the direction that things are going. Now, kind of going back to the economy, what's going on? Well, we understand that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States has been on the war path. They've been raising rates at the fastest rate in history, literally taking us off from like 0% to over 5% um, at breakneck speed, one of the fastest rate increases in history. And it's caused all kinds of problems. You know, we said they're going to raise until something breaks. Well, something did break. The Fed is now broke. The U.S. government, the Treasury is broke. The banks are breaking. It's all It's all breaking. And finally, for the first time in, I think, 14 months, the Fed decided to pause rate hikes in June. Now, a lot of people were expecting this to happen. Um, the market sort of expected this. Um, and it's interesting to kind of see Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, sort of dance around this. And they're asking him, so are you done? Are you pausing raising rates? Are you going to lower rates? Like, what are you doing? And he said, no, we're not doing either. Uh, we're just going to skip. <laughs> like, what the heck does that mean? We're just going to skip, right? Um, but what's interesting is as they paused the rate hikes, now I, I want to mention that I believe that anytime the Fed has 
paused on raising rates. They've never resumed and gone back to raising rates. Now, just because they haven't done it before doesn't mean they can't do it. So they certainly can, but they've never paused and gone back to raising rates. The consensus, what the markets are betting on is that the lower rates, that would be the pivot, lower rates going into the end of this year. So we'll see what happens. But as they've paused for now or skipping, as Jerome Powell calls it, we see banks of Australia and Canada actually continue to increase rates. Um, on that, U.S. Treasuries went up again. Uh, investors saw an increased likelihood of another 25 basis point hike in the cards for the Fed next week. So um, it looks like maybe the markets are saying that there might be a, a rate increase next week. The Bank of England surprised investors with a 50 basis point hike to their market rate yesterday because they're having massive inflation going on over there, and it is not coming down. Now, the market didn't expect 5.5% peak of rates to be reached, um, but, it, but, but here we are. The market seems to be holding off. It's almost like the, the markets, when I talk about the markets, the, the stock markets, right, um, are like calling the Fed's bluff. It's like, we know that we should, you want us to come down, but we know that you're going to pivot. And so it's like this game of chicken. Who's going to blink first? Are the markets going to come down or is the Fed going to lower rates? And it's like we're, we're in this Mexican standoff, if you will. Now, the FMOC, the Fed, the Fed meeting, released new economic projections, and they expect growth for 23, 24, and 25. Now, it's slightly come down a little bit, but the markets have been resilient. Can they pull off the hypothetical, the magic soft landing? My vote still says probably no, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Now, Janet Yellen, who's the head of the U.S. Treasury, the Treasury Secretary, she's finally come out and conceded. And this is very rare, right? Uh, typically, you don't see politicians coming out and admitting they were wrong, um, stating they got it wrong or something like that. But yet here she is conceding that she was on the wrong path. Uh, she was wrong about the path that inflation would take that she failed to anticipate how long and how high inflation would continue to plague American consumers, um, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, little old me reporting here to you on uh, radio stations and podcasts. I knew it. I told you. Uh, many other people told you. Um, I don't have 250 PhDs working for me like she does. And she got it wrong. Now, how did I know that we were going to have it and she didn't? Well, it's because she's a Keynesian economist, and I believe more in uh, what you'd consider an Austrian view. So when you increase the money supply by 50%, you have more money chasing the same amount of goods and services, or in this case, because of the shutdown, chasing less goods and services. That pushes prices up. Now, all of that extra money that was created and pushed into the system is still there. They've never sucked it back out. The Fed, the government's budget went from $4 trillion a year, ballpark numbers, $4 trillion a year to $6 trillion. That's a 50% increase in the amount of money that the government spends every single year. It didn't go down. Remember the budget ceiling debate that just happened when they were trying to decide how much money the government could spend and the Republicans tried to get just a little bit of cuts and Biden said no deal. They didn't go back to the spending back to $4 trillion. 
the new number of six trillion is now baked in. So when you start, when you go from spending four trillion a year to fifty percent more, spending six trillion a year, that's more money going into the system, chasing less goods and services. You get price increases. The only way to get that out is to get that money back out of the system. You need to bring spending back to four trillion, and you need to get that excess money out of the system. But they're not doing that. So of course we still have inflation. The other thing to keep in mind about inflation is that it's it compounds on itself. So what does that mean? When you're going up at four, five, six, eight percent per year, so we went as a, from I think we were at nine point one as a high. Now we're down in the in you know four and a half percent range. That's still adding four percent to the new high number that was set because of the nine percent. So it's not like we went back to where we were. We're still going up from that new elevated position. We're just going up at a slower rate. Does that make sense? Now, the, C the CPI, Consumer Price Index, increased only 0.1% for the month and 4% from a year ago. But part of that's because they changed the way they calculate CPI. I told you this in January. Well, I made a video on my main YouTube channel, Mark Moss. If you're not following me, check it out, Mark Moss. I do videos on there with whiteboards, and I, I have charts and graphs, and I kind of explain all this out. So follow me on Mark Moss. Um, also, while I'm at it, you can follow me on social media. Hit me up on Twitter at one Mark Moss. I'm pretty active there, too active probably. Um, hit me up, hit me up there. Let me know you're listening. And if I could just ask one small favor, please, 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 just on your favorite podcast app, wherever you're listening to me, just would you just hit the like and review button? I'm sorry, just the review and stars, or give me some stars if you like it. Hopefully you do. Um, that'd really mean a lot to me. Um, but the consumer price index went up 4% from a year ago, but I told you that was going to happen in January because they changed the way they calculate the CPI number. And so they have typically gone from a two-year comp to a one-year comp. And so if you, if you measure from the high water mark of last year at, at 9.1, then all of a sudden, well, surprise, surprise, it came down. So I told you that. So, okay, we're at 4%. Yeah, of course we are, because you changed the way you calculate. Now, that's nothing new. They've changed the way they calculate the CPI many, many times over the last couple decades. Um, there's something called shadow stats, which actually still continues to track CPI the way they used to originally. I haven't looked at it recently, but when they told us that, that inflation was like 5 6%, shadow stats is like, no, no, it's like 15%. And you know that. How much has gasoline gone up? How much has steak and milk and eggs and butter gone up? Everything has gone up by at least 50%. Now, some less or more or less. Um, and it's, it's no different in Europe. I just got back from a few weeks in Europe. And the same thing over there. They're running through crazy sky-high prices as well. And it's all because of the increased money supply, the increased spending. And until that comes down, this is the new norm. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the latest breaking news headlines this week. I got to come back with a whole lot more to cover. So don't go away. I'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, the decentralized revolution each and every week, but we're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines so you can understand what is going on. Now, one of the things that's really driving this decentralized revolution is actually the same thing that's driven every revolution. Really, it's the thing that's driven every change that you go back through history, and that's technology. It's always technology that changes the world because it changes the way that we communicate, organize, um, and things like that. And, you know, if we go back 500 years ago, it was an invention called the printing press that changed the world, going from a very centralized world where the church and state kind of controlled everything. Um, and then the printing press gave out Bibles, gave out information. Everybody had that information directly. And they no, no longer depended on the manipulated stance that they got from the centralized authorities. And they went to this decentralized world. And we're witnessing the same thing today with the internet. And the internet now allows us to all have information directly. And it allows us to have so much more information. It allows us to find truth faster. Now, that might sound shocking to you because you're constantly being told that it's misinformation, misinformation, malinformation, all these things. But the thing is, is that the truth is found through open, honest debate. That's how the truth is found. We need to look at all the information. We need to compare it against each other, and we have to find the truth. And so it can only be found in the open. It can't be found in the dark. It can't be, uh, you can't find truth if you're only told one thing and you're not allowed to question it or discuss it or look at the other side of it. But the internet has allowed us to automatically do that. It, it happens to me all the time. Um, I consider myself pretty well read. I mean, it's my job to stay on top of all these things. I understand things from a lot of different um, angles. And a lot of times I might see something on Twitter and I'll see someone post something. I'm like, oh man, that's good. I didn't really think about that. that that's, that's right. Wow, I like that. And then I'll read the comments. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. A lot of times I'll see people post something that looks um, very shocking or outlandish or whatever. And then I'll just immediately go to the comments. And like people can disprove stuff so fast. And that's exactly what's happened with the internet. So we had, uh, I think it was uh, Walter Cronkite was like uh, the head of the news, you know, when I was a kid, kind of growing up. Um, and uh, I think it was called Cronkite Gate. And it's when uh, he said something wrong and people fact-checked him and he was proven to be wrong and he lost trust. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of his career. And now with the internet, everyone can fact-check so fast. And that's exactly what happens. I see someone post something, um, I've seen people posting about uh, Bill Gates has been working with a company that's been releasing these uh, GMO, genetically modified mosquitoes all through Florida and Texas. That's fact. 
Um, and then there's articles saying that um, now for the first time in like 30 years, we have malaria in Texas and Florida. And, and I don't, I'm not telling you if that's true or not. I haven't done enough research, but I saw someone post that. So then I just go right to the comments and like all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, there's cases of malaria here. There's cases of malaria here. And so like instantly it, it fact checks everything. So the, it, the, the truth is found through open dialogue, which is exactly why they want to censor you and take away your ability to have open dialogue. They don't want you to find the truth. For example, RFK Jr., presidential candidate, uh, I believe nephew of JFK, um, went on the Joe Rogan show, had like a three hour conversation. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I've seen a bunch of clips from it, but he talked about a bunch of subjects and some of which happened to be, um, you know, the COVID, the vaccine, all those things. Now, uh, a doctor who's a mouthpiece for mainstream media, Hotez, went on and said, Oh, he's they're, they're right wing extremists and they're Nazis and um, they're spreading misinformation and all these things. Meanwhile, he's the one that's documented going on all the mainstream channels, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, all the mainstream channels talking about the vaccine's been proven to be safe and effective. The vaccine that all these things and all of the things he said, the you know, you won't spread it to other people if you take the vaccine. All these things, all these things he said have been proven to be wrong. They've all. I, I don't want to say all, many of the things that he went on mainstream media and said have now been proven to be wrong. He was the one spreading misinformation. Now, he's, he's saying that um, RFK and Joe Rogan are doing this and they should be shut down. People are calling for Spotify to shut down Joe Rogan. Now, they can't say that what they're saying is wrong. They can't say what they're saying is inaccurate. What they're saying is they're right-wing extremists. What they're saying is they're Nazis. What they're saying is they should be censored. Now, Joe Rogan said, hey, then fine. You come on and let's talk about it. Let's, I'll have you on and RFK. Let's find out what the truth is. Both of you guys talk. And, of course, he won't do it. He won't do it. And now you have these other mouthpieces saying they should never have a debate. They, they, they should never do this. He would, he would be wrong to go on debate. Why? That's how the truth is found. Not by censoring. The, the, the saying that I like is uh, you, don't, uh, you don't prove a man wrong by ripping out his tongue. You only prove that you have something to hide. So if you're right, if you have truth on your side, then you should be willing to go and discuss that. But by not even be willing to debate it, by not even be willing to talk about any of the facts, by only resorting to ad hominem attacks, only resorting to calling them stupid or fat or ugly or Nazi, like you can't, you're trying to discredit the person, but you can't discredit the ideas. Now, it's important to understand that because more and more and more we're seeing this. Now, let's talk about the Hunter Biden thing. The Hunter Biden thing, um, we know that um, the FBI now knew about the laptop in 2019. In 2019, the FBI knew about the laptop, okay? Then when it came out and it could affect the election, what happened? Well, they said anybody that posted about it was spreading misinformation, and they literally got their accounts banned. If you talked about it on YouTube or on Twitter, boom, instantly. Even people um, retweeting stuff were instantly banned. We're talking about politicians' accounts were banned because they were spreading misinformation. Then the Biden administration got a letter, and I think it was like 50, 50 intelligence professionals, CIA people signed a letter, 50 of them signed a letter saying that the laptop was not his. 
But that was all done with the FBI knowing that it was, it was real. So who's the one spreading the misinformation? They knew it was real, and yet they continue to lie to you. They even put a letter together that was a lie. But anyone who talked about it was spreading misinformation. You see, if they could have proven it wasn't his, they would have just done that. You don't have to resort to censoring people if you have truth on your side. If I'm laying in bed at night, my wife's next to me, and I'm texting somebody, and my wife says, hey, who are you texting this late at night? And I'm like, oh, nobody, nobody, don't worry about it. All of a sudden, she's like left to let her imagination run wild. Who's he talking to? Why, why doesn't he want to tell me, right? And now, now all these things happen. And if I just said, oh, it's my mom. She's planning your birthday party this weekend. I showed her my phone then she's fine, right? So the truth is found. Trust is established through transparency, through open, honest communication and dialogue. Not hiding, not censoring. If I said, I told my wife, hey, uh, don't worry about it. You're just stupid. You wouldn't understand. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's no way to do it, but that's, that's effectively what's going on here. And, you know, RFK is crushing the polls. As a matter of fact, he's, he's polling way higher than any of the other candidates right now um, because he's willing to go on, have an open, honest discussion, and he's even willing to go debate anybody. You think Biden's going to show up to a debate? Imagine Biden showing up to a debate with RFK Jr. It would never happen. He wouldn't even know how to find it. Uh, going back to my European vacation, um, it's funny, you know, talking to all these different drivers and, and people that I, uh, tour guides and stuff that I, I talk to. Uh, I, I, I asked a bunch of them, what do you think about Biden? Uh, I'm just curious what, what your view is of our president. And like every single one of them just laughs. They didn't want to say it. They didn't want to offend me, you know, but they would laugh. They all know he can't find his way out of a paper bag. Um, but yet, if we just censor enough people, uh, we don't have to worry about that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, explaining to you the decentralized revolution as we break down the latest news headlines of the week. <sighs> that's a lot. That's, a, that, that's what we got. Uh, I'd love it if you hit me up on social media, at one Mark Moss. Let me know you're listening to the show. And yes, please, please, please just give me a review on the podcast. I would be eternally grateful for you. And that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 